This morning we're continuing in this semester's series of Monday homilies focused on leadership, looking particularly at the models of leadership presented by Kings Saul and David. Today we come to 2 Samuel chapter 9. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and he was summoned to David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. The king said, Is there anyone remaining of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Ziba said to the king, there remains a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, where is he? Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Micah, son of Amiel at Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Micah, son of Amiel at Lodabar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance. David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, I am your servant. David said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the lands of your grandfather Saul, and you yourself shall eat at my table always. Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he always ate at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we've gathered here to place our lives once again in front of your open word, asking that your spirit would do what only you can do, which is to speak it into every deep and protected corners of our hearts we might be further transformed into the image of the word made flesh. We ask this in his name. Amen. The household of Saul was in peril. The Philistines had just killed the king and his son Jonathan in battle. And so everyone in Saul's household assumed that the Philistines would now come from them and slay everybody in Saul's family, for that was the custom. Others were no doubt more worried about David, another of Saul's enemies, and his guerrilla army. So the managers of Saul's household just grabbed everything they could get their hands on, and they literally fled for the hills. A nurse grabbed the son of Jonathan, and in her flight and in her fury to get out of the house, she dropped him, and for the rest of his life, he was crippled in both of his feet. His name was Mephibosheth. That was many, many years ago. Now David is firmly established as the king of Israel secure in his position. So 
One day he asked, Is there anyone in the household of Saul to whom I may show kindness? They look around and they find a man named Ziba, who was the former chief steward for Saul. They bring Ziba into the king's court, and again the exact same question is asked a second time. Is there anyone in the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness? The word for kindness here is hesed, actually. It's, it's used mostly to describe God's love for us. Much stronger than our translation of the kindness. I mean, it's so much more than that. It's a God who steadfastly, faithfully loves us, binds us to God's own self. God who's determined to keep us together. Hesed. Ziba responds to the king's question by saying, well, there's just one young man, the son of Jonathan, who is crippled in both of his feet. Isn't it fascinating that that's his description? He doesn't call him by his name. He doesn't call him Mephibosheth. It's as if his being crippled has taken over his identity. He's just known as that crippled boy. Which is why it's so powerful that when David meets him, the first word he uses is Mephibosheth. You have an identity. You are more than this. Because David doesn't really care about the fact that this boy has a disability. What he cares about is that he has a covenant to his father to always care for this household, and he's about to fulfill it. He cares about demonstrating hesed to him. So he just asked Ziba, where is he? Isn't that the question that God also has been asking from the beginning to the, almost to the end of this biblical text? Where are you? From the time we wandered out of paradise, this question just keeps reemerging. Where, where are you? Because we've all been hurt through the conflicts of life. We've all dropped into something. God just wants to know, where are you? God doesn't ask the question, who's to blame for your problems? Did you notice that? That's not the question here. Nor is the question, what value will you add to my household if I bring you? It's just, where are you? Ziba says, he is in Lodabon. The actual translation of this is place without pasture. Lodabar. A barren place. That's where Mephibosheth has had to limp around. It's where we all end up when we allow someone to define us by our disabilities. It takes us to a barren place. Many in our society, like Mephibosheth, have physical disabilities. They do not hear or see or speak or even think as well as the rest of us. According to the last census, 57, a million, 57 million Americans suffer from these disabilities. That's 19% of the population. Which means 
that the odds are that one in five of your future parishioners will have a physical disability. And you're going to have to figure out how you fulfill your responsibility to them. How do you make sure that the means of grace is accessible to them? That they're always included? The first parish I signed, I, to which I was um, assigned to, to serve was built before churches were attending to ADA codes. A man came to visit us in a wheelchair after the worship service when he came through the line as I was greeting people, he asked if uh, he could go to the bathroom. Thinking that I would be of help in being charitable, I said, well, I'll take you. And so I pushed his wheelchair to our bathroom that had no stall that was accessible for him. I will never forget that day, trying to pick this man up and fit him into a bathroom stall and watching him wet his pants. And in my shame, I swore, never again. We have got to make the houses of God accessible. So do we have to make the hearts of the people of God accessible. So do we have to make instruction and teaching and preaching accessible. One and five. But now let's talk a little bit about the other four and five. Maybe we'd be more gracious towards Mephibosheth if we thought about the fact that we too have disabilities. Some of us are disabled by having broken spirits. Broken apart, crippled by poor self-esteem and by souls riddled with self-doubt. Maybe someone long ago who was supposed to be your nurse to hold you and nurture you dropped you along the way, and you've never recovered. You still hear those awful phrases about not being the smart one, or the pretty one, or the one who is good enough. And it haunts you and tempts you back to Lodabar all the time. Others are crippled by their guilt and their shame over what they have done and left undone. It doesn't matter how many times they hear absolution, they can't quite believe it. They're too far away over in Lodabar. Others are crippled by their fear and their hurt. Others by incredible amount of fear that they live with every day or a hurt from which they can never find release. So we are all Mephibosheth, aren't we? We've all fallen into something. Some fell into bad health, chronic problems. Others of us have fallen into bad habits and addictions. Others have fallen into bad memories or a very bad record with relationships. Frankly, we've all fallen into sin. There's not a one of us who's not in need of the hesed of God. Those of us who've been, I guess, blessed, maybe not so blessed, to have the ability to hide our disabilities, think that if 
uh, we just accent our strengths and our abilities, we'll find our way out of Lodabar. But God is not impressed with your abilities. And God's not impressed by your disabilities. All that God wants is for you to come home. God just wants to keep proclaiming Hesed. Where are you? It's time to come back, time to come home. When David finally meets Mephibosheth, he does three things for him. He gives him all of the land that was formerly owned by his grandfather Saul. So he will now have an income. That's called justice. Then he gives him a place at his own table. That's called communion. And then he adopts him as one of the king's own children. Do I really need to draw out the analogy to the gospel here? <laughs> I think the Apostle Paul read this story a whole lot. You know, we're given justice, we're given a place at the table, we're adopted as heirs, joint heirs, my heaven. But notice what David does not do for Mephibosheth. He doesn't fix his feet. That's not his job. And it's not your job either. Today there may be other people who have the calling to in fact work on these kinds of concerns, but that's not our calling. That's not what we're training you for. We're training you for what I think is an even higher calling which is to spend the rest of your life proclaiming hesed. Doing that which is just and ensuring that everybody has a place at the table. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.